Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey everybody, welcome to the Bowlology Report. Been a massive week in cricket as always. Um, I tell you what, it is Brad Hodge down. He's been struck by appendicitis. Um, he's out of the BBL potentially. He did send out a tweet that was uh, we'll talk about a little bit later here. But uh, joining me today is comedy extraordinaire. He's a massive sports fan. He's an author. He is the cousin of Australian <laughs> coach Darren Lehman, Anthony Lemo Lehman. Uh, Fleming, it's a pleasure to be here. Hey, how's your cuz going? <laughs> Mike, i tell you a funny story. Years ago, I was at Adelaide Oval on the hill and uh, I went down. And this is when, <laughs> this is early 90s. So Buff had been 12th man for a test match, Ooh. but hadn't yet been picked for Australia, but was making waves, wasn't yeah. Super young cricketer. And a massive man in, a, in South Australia. In South Australia, it was yeah. huge because we didn't, uh, South Australia didn't have many test cricketers over Not the years. Not at that time. So we clung hard to any potential yeah. we got. And I was down in the toilet and some guy was banging on about something. I can't remember how it came up. And I'd had a few and I just turned to him and say, oh, Darren, I said, Darren Lehman's my cousin. And I'm embarrassed to admit that. Like, I'm embarrassed. And this guy goes, yeah, sure. So I pull out my license and I'm showing my license because our last name's spelt the same. And he and goes, you go, take it, wouldn't you? No, he goes, oh, really? Because I'm from Gawler and I know the family. And I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, of course, of course I got busted. The chances of that. The chances. So then, years later, I see Boof, probably with you, right? Yeah. Back when you were playing for the Redbacks. And then Boof goes, oh, are you still pretending to be my cousin? So word had clearly gotten back to Boof and he'd remembered for like 10 or plus years or whatever. Because how many is Lehman's, is it a common name in South Australia? Idiot, there are a lot of Lehman's oh, in South Lehman's? Australia. Peter Lehman Wines. Uh, Troy Lehman yeah, uh, from Wakery played footy for Collingwood and Brisbane. I think, and that was a real, and Kim Lehman, his dad, was a great footballer for North Adelaide in South Australia. Um, and then there's our lot of Lehmans. There's a whole stack of Lehmans oh, around okay. the state. So it wasn't as, I, I thought that was good, throwing it out there. Yeah, yeah. And no, you got done. I made a complete tool of myself. And uh, so you're filling in for Hodgie. I am filling in. Now, you said appendicitis. Yes. I've got a massive question mark over that. Why? I, well, I, you know, you know I do some work at Channel 10. I'm very close to what goes on at 10. I've got a feeling Hodgie might be going to the South African jungle. Are you serious? <laughs> is there that any... would make sense. Hodge <laughs> in the jungle. Is there any chance? I reckon we might have to get onto that. I'll, I'll ring him um, from his deathbed. 
and just say, because <laughs> if you're trying to put them off the scent that you're going into the jungle yeah. to get your appendicitis, what about the commitment to that? Oh. Getting your appendicitis out, <laughs> yes. it wasn't even sore, to throw him off the big bash so he's going in the jungle. <laughs> he's had his appendix removed just to throw out the, a little distraction to one side <laughs> while he sneaks off to South Africa. Well, Freddie Flintoff won it yes. in season one. So we know cricketers perform well in the jungle. Yes. He's familiar with South Africa. Mervyn Hughes is still there. <laughs> he just stayed. He's scaring animals away. <laughs> Merv did not want to leave. He's been. He's currently being protected by a bunch of rangers in a South African jungle. Gee, somewhere. I like what you think of them. Hodge would be really good. He's a, he's got a bit of da, uh, Dane Swan about him in his personality. Yeah, you know, quirky humour, and, um, and, and he's happy to call people out. And Bernard Tomic has left the jungle. He's walked. So, what, what's your vibe on that? <laughs> It's, it's He's not known as a quitter, is he? <laughs> it's really... I want, really want to like Bernard Tomic. Like a genuine... Well, I do. did too. As soon as he got in there, I just thought this could be actually good for yeah. him. You know, surrounded by a different um, group of people. Yeah. Um, and no doubt, you know, with Josh Gibson and people like that, they'd actually try and mentor him a bit, but that didn't yeah. last too long. I thought Gibbo was trying to get the best out of him. But he just... I mean, he's not... He doesn't seem like a bloke with a lot of resilience. Yeah. Atomic. And, you know, and he said, uh, I didn't watch the show, but apparently he said he's suffering depression. So, you know, if there's a mental health issue, then you've got to respect that. But he's not winning a lot of friends along the way. No. Okay. I'll tell you who's winning friends. Well, we're, well I've got you on too, even though we're good mates. Um, massive sports fan. We're both buried mm. for Hawthorne. But you've always loved your cricket. Yes. You've always loved your cricket. So growing up, uh, idols, you know, who inspired oh. you to play? Or? Oh, well, I mean... Because I was South Australian, because I am South Australian, Ian Chappell, yes. initially, very first for me. What a uh, legend. What a legend. David Hooks after that. Yep, legend. And 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 Boof, really, after that. And those three all mentored each other, too. Chappelle mentored Hooksy, Hooksy mentored Boof. Yep. Um, and then we had bits and pieces along the way. Uh, Rick Darling. You're going with Rick Darling. <laughs> Rick Darling. <laughs> I wow. love Peter Sleep. It, it, did you, what did you like about Rick Darling? Was it he's running between the wickets with Graham Wood? <laughs> with Graham Wood. Because we're going to be looking at some footage of a uh, T20 competition in Dubai later I, on. I and think, there's a little bit of Woody and Darling about the running between the wickets. I don't think a batting partnership has used the words yes, no, sorry more than Rick Darling and Graham Wood uh, well, who over else? the years. Uh, Peter Sleep. See, I played against Sounder a lot. He, and he was an underrated player. He was a, he was a great career. He's got a Test 90 uh, under his belt. I mean, he was an all-rounder, really, sounder. Uh, he's got a few. Got, yeah, you're right. I'm just throwing stuff Flem, everywhere here. Flem's trying to stand up a mobile phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Midvale school for the gifted here. Um, <laughs> that's not one of my highlights, <laughs> as I'm recording it here too. Yeah, but why sounder, though? Was it just because he was South Australian? Because he was South Australian. So one of the things I loved about Rick Darling, he was a wakery boy, so a country lad uh, who was one of the people, loved a beer, super talented, but Rick Darling, here's an interesting stat for you, played 14 tests over two years, and that was it. And he Career was really over, young too, wasn't he? 23 when he finished. 14 test matches, um, and then Peter Sleep debuted one year after. They're the same age, Rick Darling and Peter Sleep. He debuted one year after Rick Darling, played for 12 years, 14 test matches. 
Good trivia. So they played the same number of test matches. Darling over two Who was the better test player, do you feel? Uh, they're not They're not in the greats, but... They're not in the greats. I, I remember Sounder actually spinning out the palms in a Sydney test. He took, I reckon, five for 72 okay. in Sydney in 1987 when we weren't great. No, we, we, our, we, we used to get pumped and then we'd play three spinners in Sydney yes. and, and go for, lose the series 4-1 or 3-1. Yeah, yeah. Same, we got pumped. Finish on a high, though. Yeah, yeah, there we We won Sydney. Peter Taylor debuted in one of those. I don't uh, know Peter if it was Ta- There was Peter Taylor and uh, who was the other? Well, uh, Bruce, gonna, Bruce Yardley. Oh, I reckon it'd be Mo, Greg Matthews. I reckon I it was Matthews before, around then as well. So our, we had a lot of spinners, but there was, wasn't a warning in amongst no, them. no. But so you've gone, Sounder, Rick Darling. Give us a th- third. I'll give you a third. Uh, not a South Australian this time because we've now run out of South Australian. <laughs> they were uh, Victorians whinge about yeah, Hoggy, Hoggy, but oh, he was Victorian. No, we no we claimed Hoggy as a South Australian. <laughs> Victorians whinge about having no players in the Australian side. You try being South Australian. Yeah, I know. Let's remember it was David Hooks was the man who said that when you get picked for New South Wales, there's a second cap in the brown Boom. paper bag. Right there. Great South Australian hooksy. But my third, I'm going for Mick Malone. I love Mick Malone. Played one test match for Australia. What a test match. Uh, at the Oval in 1977. He batted once and made 46. <laughs> Was it not out too? Did he have an average? He got, he got out. He okay. got out. So his test average is 46 with the bat. And he took six for 77 with the ball. So his bowling average is 12.8. That's his one test match ever. Average 46 with the bat, yep. 12 with the ball. He's the greatest all-rounder <laughs> that has ever played the game. And I remember in World Series cricket too, he bowled that. Remember that last ball to Wayne Daniel, Wayne, I think and it was, and got hit for six. Wayne Daniels hit him for six. And it was one of those, this was back in the day when stepping outside leg was a big thing. Yeah. Even batsmen tried to give themselves room. Yeah. So Daniels... I can still, for some reason... And he followed remember, him, didn't he? He followed him, and then Daniels just hoiked him over mid-wicket for six. And not a noted batter, either. <laughs> no, and then there was the pitch invasion. Yes. Crowd At Waverley. Yeah. Yeah. The Darling, days. Sleep, and Malone. <laughs> See, my, that's why you are a cricket fan. They're my You three. love that, don't right you? There. There's a great story about Rick... So Rick Darling got hit in the chest by Bob Willis yep. at Adelaide Oval, swallowed his chewing gum, and started to choke. And John Embry smashed him on the chest and he coughed up the gum. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because I know he did get hit in the head a bit too, Rick. He copped a few over the So years. for a short career, he, he, he fit a lot in. <laughs> but I've met him a few times. Really nice fella, Rick Darling. Uh, I've never met him, unfortunately, but ripping bloke. I hear there's a great story about Rick Darling that years after he played his last test, he was up on the hill at Adelaide Oval watching a test match on the cans one day, absolutely loving life. <laughs> and then the next day, someone got injured and we needed a 12th man, so we spent the next day in the player's box as 12th man. And not many people have done that. <laughs> no, I have done no, that. No. I've done it on the same day. Have you? I was uh, injured having a few beers. <laughs> yeah. Remember the old bull ring, which was behind the scoreboard at the end? Oh, yeah, so yeah, you could yeah. be in there and not watch a live ball, yeah. which um, I took. A, I got, actually got to about a dozen people in there. Um, half were, were females <laughs> watching cricket for the first time, uh, a Boxing Day test match. Right. So I just, we'd having a few beers and I just reeled out there about halfway through the day, just looked at the score, you know, just wanted to take in the live play. Just so happens the Channel 9 um, cameras just happen to be spanning around. Richie sees me and he gives it the, 
what about that man there? He would be hurting, injured, not playing the Boxing Day test. He couldn't wait to get out there, right? But it was the first time I went out there. What happened was the Australian dressing room saw me, right? Injury, bang. All of a sudden, I'm 12th, well, I'm 13th man, right? 13th man, had about half a dozen beers. And what do you reckon the boy? What do you reckon the boys on the field did? As soon as they knew I was there. I reckon a couple of injuries might have popped up. I'll run off. So there I am at mid-off, right? Had a few beers and I'm thinking, can the ball please not come to me? Which it didn't, but not one of my highlights. I would like a list of players who have who have registered a reading, a blood alcohol reading, whilst playing Test cricket for Australia. Tell you what, in the seventies, they wouldn't want to breathalyze as they were entering the arena, would they? As they I don't out. reckon there'd be one. Um, Player available under that rule. What if, what if we? What if we? Remember they used to have a rest day. Yeah. What if we breath tested players the morning after the rest day? Well, they, the boys were saying to me, you know, the seventies that they'd use the rest day not the way we would was in have a monster that not the night before and rest yeah. on the rest day. They they'd just take it easy the night before. Then they'd like have a barbecue or go out fishing or something like that. Have a massive day. So then they were hungover after the rest day. I don't think it was brought in for that long. No, I don't think it was brought in for that. <laughs> so you played with the rest day? No, I didn't. I missed it. There was a West Indies tour, I reckon ninety five, and I went home injured. And that before the test started, I think that was the last series of the, the oh, rest the re- day. Yeah, right. It was always day four. I hated the rest day as a viewer. Well, sometimes it went on a Sunday. That's when you wanted to watch cricket, What's wasn't it? What's the point it? of that? Yeah, I don't know. Hey, uh, mate, we've got to move on. What about things you need to know in cricket this week? The Australia versus England one-day series. Oh, yeah, when's that kicking off? Um, Is that? It's, uh, uh, it's been completed. <laughs> it's been completed, so I'm taking it. Right. Um, what does You that... didn't quite catch that series. <laughs> what does that tell you about one-day cricket? Well, well, you tell me about what it I'm means. A, I'm a cricket fan. You know yes. that. I love my cricket. I love the Test Series this summer. Big I've been bash. enjoying the Big Bash. But the, the one-dayers just don't... So they what, don't what, really excite me that much anymore. And they, sh- and they should. You look at the first one at the G. Uh, Jason Roy, 108. Hit 180. Root hit a ton as well, didn't he? That game no, got close. Hit a no, 90 close, or something. Yeah. Um, and then we had Finchie hit a century. We got 100 there as well. Yep. Um, but I just, I don't know. There's Do you feel about, like there's... Something about it that doesn't, just doesn't excite me. Yeah, you know, it, it used to be the, the shorter version and faster version of Test Match Cricket, but now it's got a shorter and faster version of itself. Has that put it <laughs> it's, under pressure? It's eaten itself I think alive. we like the World I, Cup, I, though, don't we? Like the 50-over World Cup is well, a big event. World Cup, I'm happy with. But yes. the problem is, if you're going to have a 50-over World Cup, you need to play 50-over yes. cricket to be good at it for the World Cup. I... You know what? If one day cricket disappeared, I'm not sure that I'd be particularly upset. Should we play it in a different... Uh, people are talking about maybe we should play it late October, early November, around where the domestic 50 over is played. Mm. So, you know, straight after football, yeah. so, you know, rugby league, AFL, yeah. you know, people are keen to watch something on Friday, Saturday nights. Would it work there maybe better? I reckon it possibly would work. But I always have an issue with one day cricket then because I think to myself... We should be prepping for a test series. Yep. So all of our cricketers should be playing four-day cricket. That's a good argument. In preparation I, for the test series. I'd be series. thinking they could still at least get two Shield games in straight after that. Mm. Um, ideally get three. But I'm just trying to find I, I, find where it can... Because it's no doubt... Um, 
and we'll get on the big bash at the moment, but you know, I think there's only a certain amount of games of cricket people will go to. Whereas Absolutely. years ago, it used to be probably one one day and one day of the test match. And, and after the last few years, they're probably going five or six times a year. But what? Yeah, you know, now we're probably trying to get them up to eight, ten times a year. It's too much. So you've got you've got three kids. Yes. Right. So you're sitting at home here, and you've got two options for the weekend. You can go to the G, and watch a big bash game, that'll take you four hours. Yep. Or you can go to the G and watch a one day, which is going to see you out of the house for eight hours. That's a good question. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah, well... You're going to go to the Big Bash Exactly. Game. Now, if you didn't have Big Bash, you would probably go to the one day. Yes. But when they're on at the same time, I reckon most... Because Big Bash is very entertaining. Yep, yep. And, and and it was... It actually was quite a good series. Australia won 20% of the games. 100% of them at the Adelaide Oval. <laughs> at the Adelaide Oval. Travis Head got 100. It's almost like... <laughs> can, we, can we play all the games at the Adelaide Oval? We can. Um... Possibly, but even the crowds were down there, weren't they? Like um, 27,000 generally go, how good's that? But the yeah. average bash crowds are 40,000. And I know on uh, Sunday, uh, the, was the last game on Sunday for the cricket? I think it was. Yeah. The last game was Sunday. And it lost the ratings to the tennis and I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Okay. Now, cr- and, it wasn't cricket- a, and it was it was going down to the wire too. Cricket doesn't lose ratings normally, traditionally, no. but to lose to the tennis with no Australians playing and I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. No, generally the the, the, the international games do rate really well. Hmm. So so that that's a bit of alarm bells. I mean, it was great. That was the first game at the Optus Stadium in Perth and it was a sellout hmm. and, and, and it looked good, you know, the yeah, atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. But I wonder, the Adelaide Oval was a sellout for their first one day. As yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Whether that just creeps a little bit, and I think the Big Bash semi-final sold out in fourteen minutes. See, there you go, fifty-five thousand people. People love the Big Bash. Um, I just don't think I think they should separate them. They shouldn't clash. Okay, the one days with the Big. We bash. might get you working on that. But Travis said, "Sorry, I yeah. said he got a hundred. He got ninety-six there." But um, well done to England. So four-one win reversed what it was in the test series. They didn't get actually. Just see at the end of the test series, and they had the marketing campaign was to have a hand. An Aussie hand with four fingers held up and the English one, which I didn't think was very appropriate. So what do you reckon the English fans were saying yeah, after that? Right. No way, come on, fling it on. Four fingers. Flip it around. You can fit it. But uh, um, Yeah, so which uh, raises a question that you posed on your Twitter. I did the, the poll question. Yes. Which was, would the English one-day team yes. beat the... Uh, English Test team in a Ashes series, and it was yes, no, or England would probably still lose. Now we're going to have the results to that. I better make a note to that by the end of this. What, what, what would you go? For? I'd vote for England or still lose. I think I went for C as well there. So we do have a lot of English listeners <laughs> right, okay. on the biology report and and pump it up. And for you, like Trevor Bayliss was brought on his coach. Um, to, in in some part to actually improve their white ball cricket, so yeah. I think that's a big tick. I, they're actually mm. really explosive in one day cricket, and I reckon a lot of it's on the back of Owen Morgan, the yeah. captain. I mean, he plays like that, but I, I believe um, you know he, he when he talks to the group or the culture he wants is we just keep going hard, right? Yeah. Let's go hard at the top. You know, we saw with Jason Roy a few times, you know, at the hundred and eighty, but he he just mm. goes hard. Um, you know, Alex Hales, Morgan himself, even Root goes hard in one-day cricket. Yeah. And then they don't have the greatest one 
bowling lineup, but it's almost like we'll post a big enough total yeah. that this bowl that these bowlers can defend, which is what they've done. He's a pretty charismatic guy, Owen Moore. He's a beauty. I, I really like him. As opposed to, and I'm going to say something that could potentially be unpopular here, Flem. You might get yourself banned from the <laughs> biology report here. Is Steve Smith one of the most boring people? To people? Ever I thought you were talking about his batting. No. Look, he's an unbelievable batsman. I'm going to acknowledge he's one of the greats. People have been comparing him to Bradman all summer. But I'll tell you what, when he talks, I, I have not been able to sit through a full Steve Smith press conference. Because you used to, Ricky Ponting, you were there from one second to, to 90 minutes. I was there for the lot. You used to tape them, didn't you? I used to record them. I'd get friends over. But Steve Smith, oh, wow. after two or three minutes, I find myself nodding off. He is so dull. So so in what way? Just the way he presents it? Or he doesn't say anything interesting? Way, you don't get an in, You want an insight? This is how he opened his... Um, what do you want me to ask? What do you want me to ask it? And you'd be Steven Smith. Well, I'll be Steve Smith. Press conference, uh, we've lost the series 4-1 to the Poms. What's your first question? Stephen, uh, Damien Fleming from the Bowlology Report here. You've lost the series 4-1. Mm. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's not a good result for us. And clearly, um, <laughs> they were better than us. And we just need to be better. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Steve. That's awesome. <laughs> 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 he actually said, "They, I think they got the better of us." <laughs> it's all that's self-evident, mate. We can read the scores. Okay, now with all the media training you've got, all right, I'm going to ask you the same question, Anthony Lehman. You're the captain of Australia. Yep. Okay, uh, Lemo, Damien Fleming from the Bowlology Report. You lost four-one um, in the one-day series. Your thoughts? We had to throw those losers a bone so they'd be let back into their country. I mean, seriously, after the flogging we gave them <laughs> across the Ashes series, and uh, Davey Warner and I had a cheeky punt on the series as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> so a bit more of that, a bit more up. Um, I tell you what, though, besides um, he could do some media work, some interesting stuff there, mm. Stephen Smith. Um, and what a great Ashes series he had. It showed with Warner and Smith and Stark having yeah. below-par series, yeah. we're just not as threatening. They are the big three. They need to dominate for us if we're going to win World Cups. And the World Cup is actually in the middle of next year in England. And we hold the World Cup, don't we? Yeah. We're not really playing like World Cup holders, No, there's though, been a lot we? of changes since then. Yeah. Um, but we're certainly not, you know, with Maxwell not playing, you know, he's a dynamic player. Are we, too, are we too reliant on too few? Is, is well, it is there. Issue? I mean, people that are emerging, you'd have to say Marcus Stoinis is emerging, and he looked very comfortable mm. at number three, and he strikes at about a run of ball, and he, and he, he bowls he quite well. off 90 or something? Well, it was close to that. Um, so I think he's someone that we want to keep playing. Mitchell Marsh um, just didn't get a big score. You know, yeah. he, he, he just got yeah. caught in between, but I, I think he could be quite a dominant one-day player, and with his bowling, his bowling speed. And, and his shoulder will only get better. It's only six, eight yeah, months yeah. into that. But I think we still need Maxwell. And and the question is probably Tim Payne, who, who's had an incredible summer and doing an okay job, or a good job, I'll say, mm. in the one-day series, do we need a more dynamic hitter at number seven, like an Alex Carey? If, I, I, would, I would bring in an Alex Carey, personally. I mean, is Payne a match winner? He's not a match winner. With the bat? No. Is Carey a match winner I with the bat? I think he's a potential 
match winner and he's shown just in that one knock he opens mm. the trouble is these big bash batsmen that get picked they all get picked they're batting three but then they've got to bat six or seven and there's actual roles for people who can bat six seven go yeah. you might only face 15 balls a game but we want 25 runs yeah so where are your hitting zones i think kerry's got them mm. so he, he can hit powerfully square the wicket but he's also one of the new brigade and I know you love it, the lap sweep. He lap sweeps, reverse sweeps, and he laps. Yeah, yeah. Mind you, uh, Glenn Maxwell tried one of those for the Stars recently and nearly yeah, didn't quite ripped work. a couple of ribs out. Well, Tom Cooper did that and hit it into his head. And then he ended up playing three off Jai Richardson, who was bowling about 150 kilometres an hour. <laughs> yeah, right. But the one-day series, um, so a big tick to England, the way they've gone about it. You know, Roy, Root, uh, Josh Butler. Their keeper, yeah, he's got yeah. genuine power. Wokes was very good with bat and ball. Oh, and who's the who's the young fellow that took five for in the yeah, last? Yeah, Tom game? Curran. Tom Curran, who looks a better one day cricketer than Test cricketer. And I can I look at Curran. He's the type of bloke, and this is a massive compliment for him. I I look at him and I think he's going to be really annoying in years to come. Yeah, I think Australian fans will hate him. Oh, in the future, in the same way we hated Freddie Flintoff. But which is respect, isn't it? Because well, you're actually a, a for him, player. It's, it's a compliment. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, can, I look at him and I go, oh, I'm going to hate you in the future. Yeah. And in some ways, there's just that respect. Yeah. yeah isn't there? Yeah. Hey, what about the South African tour was picked? Cam Bancroft survived. Yep. Peter Hanscom's back. Uh, the Forgotten Duck. John Holland, he's back. He's back. So he doesn't get picked for the subcontinent tours, <laughs> but he's going to South <laughs> Africa. But it was explained, I don't mind their explanation, is if they go to the subcontinent, they play two spinners. It's obviously um, the Lion. goat. Yep. And Agar is a bat, bat, batting yes. yep. uh, all-rounder. And But they're worried in South Africa if uh, the goat went down in the warm-up, who plays? Well, the duck plays. The Johnny duck. Holland. Oh, there you go. So he's the, he's the backup uh, for the goat, for the goat in South Africa, yeah. The int- the selection story for me is the Sayers, mm. the Chad Sayers story. So Chad Sayers on the numbers, I not an South expert, Australian, as I'm a South Australian, I would pick him. Yes, it looks to me as though he's done enough. Unbelievable stats. So on the one hand, I would say that. On the other hand, and you know, I'd be interested in your thoughts on this, Flem. He complained about not getting a call from the yep. selectors. Surely you only get a call. If you're getting dropped or if you're getting picked. Yes. Well, that was and the And he's not getting dropped and he's yeah. not getting picked. So I don't know why you would expect a phone call. That's the explanation from Trevor Hones, that that, that is the way to go. Um, that's, that's he has like, been 12th man. He's been around the group. Uh, well, 13th man, I think, up at the Gabba. But he wasn't in the team. He wasn't actually in the team. Yeah. So, but, and, and I think it needs to be explained. The way I'm reading through it uh, was Jai... And everyone's going, how does Jai Richardson get picked ahead of Chad Sayers? Jai Richardson's played five first-class games and going okay. Yeah. But the explanation is he's the backup express bowler. So if Stark right, or yeah. Cummins and that break down, they're going to go with speed. And if they if um, Josh Hazelwood breaks down, they're going to go with a bird. So bird is actually yeah. ahead of Chad Sayers. Yeah, but, do you, but the hard do thing you, for me is... buy that though? So let's say, let's say Cummins goes down. Yep. Okay. So you could bring in Richardson, who's a direct replacement. Yep. Or Sayers, different type of bowler, but still could be a replacement. Sayers is a much better bowler. Well, Sayers would probably take more wickets than Richardson. Well, even if he's a bit similar to. Uh, let's well, it's only similar to Hazel, but Hazelwood's Hazelwood. 10 kilometres 
faster there. I've got no doubt. The hard thing for me with Say is I want to see him play in Test match cricket. Because yeah. I, I think in the right conditions, like in South Africa, he will get wickets. Do you know what I mean? Like, he bowls a lot like Philander. And who gets the most wickets for South Africa? Is it Philander? Philander. Yeah, there we go. Who bowls 128, 129, hits the same. So the hard thing for Chad is, just because he's not playing doesn't mean he's not test match class. But the hard thing is, the guys ahead of him are Mm. are guns, aren't they? Yeah. So I think it was Bird or Sayers. But at some stage, I'd love to see Chad. I mean, they go... Next time they go to England, you know, New Zealand, those sort of countries, I think Sayers can get the job done. He should be there. I read an article that suggested he's not one of the boys, which is why he's not getting picked. Yeah. Well, he hasn't played and you're not one of the boys. You haven't given him much of a chance, have they? <laughs> you give him a test match be, and then... Can't I be one don't of the boys. think he's one of the boys. If you don't get invited to the party, he can't be one of the boys. So I don't I don't like hearing that. But yeah. um, So good luck, because I reckon it will be quicks first quicks, because South Africa have got Morkel, Philander, Rabada... Um, Nagidi, I think his name is, he got, um, I think, seven wickets on debut. So he bowls a bit like Rabada. Mm. Um, and Dale Stane probably won't get there. So he, um, their pace attack's awesome, isn't it, South Africa's? Hey, and you know what? If we, if we end up a batsman short over there, Hodgie could just step out of the South African jungle. Oh, he's just there. And into the, and into the squad. Well, maybe this is part of the big plan. <laughs> How big would this be? To get himself back. I still think he's brave to have his appendicitis taken out if he if he actually wasn't suffering pain. (laughs) You don't need an appendix in the South African jungle. Hey, Flam, are there going to be water issues in South Africa? Aren't they a month of having? They're a month of having no water. No, no. So it's going to be back to. the 1970s, just <laughs> drinking beer. Stay home. Just it's, drinking beer. It's the VB tour. Yeah, like. that's uh, that's unbelievable, isn't it? It's in Cape Town, I believe, that they, they're going to run yeah, out of water. F- yeah. Yeah, completely out of water. All right. Um, what about the Australian under-19s uh, in the final of the World Cup versus India um, this Saturday? Feb three, so good luck to them. But the big news was uh, in the quarterfinal, England bowls out for 127. So we're gone. We're out yeah. of there. The Poms yeah. are going to beat us. And then Lloyd Pope, Popey, red-headed ginger leg-spinning freak, took eight for 35. I was watching it. It was yeah. it was engaging. Um, and he got six of them with his wrongen. Six with his wrongen? Did you have a look so at I'm, it? So I'm guessing they weren't picking the wrongen. I, 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 I'd, <laughs> I'd say that's a well. assumption. And skull, Kerry O'Keefe. This was his summary. <laughs> yes. Summary of it. White smoke coming from the chimney of the Sistine Chapel. Cricket has a new pope. <laughs> Lloyd Pope, a Jaffa headed 18-year-old league spinner from Adelaide, took a lazy eight for his wrong and accounted for six palms. There we go. And I can tell you that when he took that six for, he was, I think he was the second or third trending topic in Australia on Twitter. Wow. And I reckon South Australians would mostly account for that because, as I said before, Flip, when we get a glimmer of hope, we cling to it in South Australia. A glimmer of Pope. A glimmer of Pope. And he plays at Kensington, my old club. Too. Oh, there we yeah. go. There but we go. Uh, he's, good to a, see. he's clearly a little gun. And uh, hopefully it's not too long before and he it, uh, is playing some uh, uh, shield cricket. Oh, definitely. And we've seen in the Big Bash, wrist spinners a goal, particularly if they can spin it both ways. So I could see him playing Big Bash next year. But, hey. but we also want forward. Uh, we want test-matched leggies, don't we? Oh, we want absolutely want test-matched leggies. Tell me They're from, playing India too. From a punter's perspective, when did the change? I remember spinners were, you never picked a spinner in a one-day game. No. 20 years ago. No, you just, uh, Ke- Kepler Vessels was our fifth bowler but, when I was growing up. Yeah. Kepler. <laughs> but now they're opening the bowling. When did that change? 
Well, remember the place. 1992 World Cup, New Zealand, um, the late, great Martin Crowe, uh, innovator with Deepak Patel, opened the bowling. And that was like, oh, oh wow, yeah. that's just changed things. So in the subcontinent, it's been around for years. Mm. But in T20 cricket, remember when it started going, well, this would be the end of spinners, you know, smaller grounds, bigger bats. But they're not only um, surviving, they're thriving. And this World yeah. Cup, uh, this Big Bash, is, it's gone another level, do you reckon? Like... Rashid Khan, forward Ahmed. Spinners are dom- but you look at the stats, spinners dominate the bowling stats. In the power play, when there's only two fielders out. Yeah. So it's um I think it's been fantastic. But in some ways it's a it's a um bit of a kick up the backside for quicks. It really in that you've got to be able to do what Ben Lachlan and Andrew Ty does. Yeah. Doesn't it? You've got to be able to create that pressure or create doubt. As soon mm. as that you create doubt to the batsman that they don't know which way it's spinning, they're not going to run down the pitch, are they? That's right. You create, would you call it an avenue of apprehension? I'd say the avenue of apprehension. I'd say the hallway of hesitation. <laughs> right, the okay. laneway of liquidation that could lead to. Any more <laughs> you can come up with, I'd help that. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know. Uh, can I mention as well the 92 World Cup? Because I, I always think about this from the 92 World Cup. Pakistan won yes. the World Cup, and it was the Benson and Hedges World Cup, and Imran Khan spent his acceptance speech Talking about a cancer charity that he yeah. works for. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Which he hedges. later built. Yeah. <laughs> it was a great time. It was a crazy up. time. Wasn't it really it? was. Okay, on to the big bash. What about this? The semi finals this week, Perth Scorchers versus the Hurricanes Thursday. The Strikers, your mob mm. against the Renegades on um, Friday. And the Perth Scorchers, they're like the Roger Federer, aren't they? They just. They just get to the final every year. They uh, just uh, know. They, they know had so many injuries too. Yeah. But don't worry about that. A bit of Aussie, Aussie selection. No Coulter Nile on Berendorf. Okay, we'll just put in uh, Richardson, um, Matty Kelly, mm. um, Joel Paris, who's unfortunately injured again. And their tactics are, you know, um, they'll if they bowl first, they'll just smother the batsman and be able to chase it. If they bat first, they'll just don't go nuts. Yeah, until later in the innings with Ashton Turner and Agar. How how tactically different are all the teams in the Big Bash? Yeah, they are different. I mean, Adelaide Strikers are a bit different. They're the one team that's happy to bat first. Happy to bat first. And they're like a mini Perth Scorchers. So it doesn't matter what we score. You know, they don't go super hard. You know, we're the ruled and carry. But then progress. You know, if we get 150, 160, we'll back Rashid Khan, Stanlake, Siddle, Lachlan and Nisa to actually strangle the batsman and defend it there. Whereas yeah. most teams are happy to chase, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the tactics... So, and I reckon the tactics full stop for a, a format that was just all about smashing the ball and bowling as fast as you can. It's almost like set plays every ball. And you certainly notice it when teams, you feel like they don't know what they're doing because mm-hmm. then it goes back to the way it was played seven years ago. Can I... It's, you know, the... the is a is a level of predictability coming into T Twenty cricket now? Because I reckon the predictability in one day cricket has kind of killed it a bit. Oh, as in well, as in just keeping your wickets in hand. And yeah, you kind of know what's going to happen over zero to ten. You yeah. know it's going to happen over ten to thirty. Well, well, I think English of England have thrown that out. They go mm. hard from the ball one, but most other teams will do what you're saying. Yeah, just very methodical. Yeah. Um, so there is a little bit of that in the bash, I reckon. Mm. You know, besides, say, the Hurricanes, Darcy Short, who just goes, I think his strike what rate's a 173. So he won't be playing this game. But how how good are the these new names? And Jofra Archer, 
what a sensational name. And he actually backs it up with the ball. <laughs> Joffre Archer is a very strong name. I like the old fellas, though. Shane Watson. Boom. I tell you what, he's still doing all right, isn't he? And Mitchell Johnson has picked up an IPL yep. contract. But also, Mitchell Johnson, is he late 30. 40s, nearly 50? <laughs> Mitchell Johnson? I'll tell you what, he still looks fit. Oh, no, he's only about 35, but interesting for him, he likes taking the new ball. You know, for Australia yeah, yeah. at times, he bowled first change. He was worried the way it was going. But yeah. I, I like how still, you, you still need experienced heads out there. Without Definitely. a doubt. Without Hodgie's a still doubt. going well. He's uh, in hospital. but Hey, what happened? He's <laughs> on his way to the gym. So what do you like hey, about what, the bash? What happened to the stars, by the way? Um, we're just regrouping. <laughs> we're regrouping. Um, Did you know, I was interested in this. We finished last. The stars scored the second most run, amount of runs. Are you sure about that? Total runs. For the whole series. I wouldn't have known that. Be only behind the Hurricanes. Um, I, I'd assume the bowling's not too good there. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming the bowling's not I'm no expert, not but I'm going to say that might be well, You know what's happened there too. I reckon we've batted first a lot. So the team that would beat us couldn't score their maximum runs because they were beating us in about the 16, 17 <laughs> yeah, over. Yeah, right. Hey, good trivia from you. Hey, what, what else go. did you like, dislike? Well, uh, the highlight without... Question from the series was the catch of the century. Oh. Adelaide strikers, Lachlan and Weatherall combined for that. But what was a beautiful piece of symmetry in the same way that they combined for the greatest catch ever, you and Mark Howie Howard combined for the greatest piece of commentary to go with it. I tell you what, it was just... Um, it was amazing. I haven't experienced that much at the cricket. There was a real buzz in the commentary box afterwards, like disbelief yeah. that that happened. But also the crowd, like, yeah, like yeah. 40,000 people just going, did that just happen? What do you feel about... So Lachlan doesn't get any credit in the scoreboard for that. Should it be no, caught, caught Lachlan slash Weatherald bowled... Who bowled it again? I can't remember. Uh, Bravo. No, Bravo hit it. Uh, it was... Uh... Strikers, I don't know who was it. Siddle, Lachlan. No, Lachlan was because if he bowled it, then ran to find me, <laughs> pushed it back in. That should, but do you reckon that should be credit? Like slash Lachlan slash Weatherall. Yeah, your problem there though is you'll get like uh, remember Alan Border batting for Australia to save the Test, and he edged that one to slip, and it was juggled by Gooch across yeah. to Botham, was it? Does... No, 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 no. Botham bowled, so it was Miller. Uh, Tavray de Miller. A Tavray de Miller in at slip. Now, do you credit Tavray because he dropped it? No, nah, I don't think. No, they have to be assisted. So then, guess what oh, comes right. into place? The third umpire again. <laughs> third so we're going to waste up time. Was nah. it assisted or unassisted? <laughs> no, that highlight for me. Loved it. Yeah, that was that was massive. I've got a rule suggestion for Big Bash. Here we go. We like to keep it exciting. We love the crowd catches. Yes, we love the crowd catches. Yep. Let's say I'm batting, you're bowling. I hit one into the crowd for six. And I'd say it'd be a hook shot because I'd want to hit you in the head. <laughs> and, the and I'd almost clear the stadium, right? Someone catches it in the crowd. Then you, as the bowler, can say, that is, you're out. <laughs> <laughs> That's out. But you get not six, you get ten for it. Okay. So you get sent out. So it's ten and out. But you've got the option. Okay. You can take 10 and out. There has been calls. With a catch in the crowd. Yeah. Or you just... So like six you, and out in the backyard. Or you, yeah. Like a 10 like and out. Like six and out in the backyard. Or you just say, that fine, we'll keep bowling. But it's still a six. It's still a six. 
Okay. We'll so you take a six and the batsman stays in, or you take ten and out. Because there has been calls that once it gets into the second, third tier, it should be an eight. Bring back the eight. Oh, right. Because years ago, it was only a four. Um, you only hit a six if it went out of the ground. And I believe it was Joe Darling, South Australia's own. Yes. Um, test Rick, cap- Rick, Rick Darling's grandfather? I think it was. Yeah. Um, in the way that you're the same cousin as Darren, <laughs> you're Darren Lehman's cousin. He hit one out of the Adelaide Oval, I think, and that was the first six of all time because they had to go out of the ground, not over the boundary. So they had to make oh, right. big ones then. Um, maybe I remember Rod okay. Marsh hitting one through the Victor Richardson Gates. Well, that, was that when he hit 26 off and over off Lance Cairns? Yeah, could have been. Remember that as a kid. He just yeah, kept slogging him. And oh. he was caught on the fence. That could have been almost six, that last ball. Mm. Um, see, I'm a big fan of if the crowd catches, that they keep it like in baseball. And oh. they threw that around in, in, I think, BBL two or three, and it didn't get over. Like the players weren't happy, even though Cricket Australia said we'll have tw- we'll it's have tw- sixteen different balls. It's twenty overs. Who like how well, much shine have you taken off the ball by over nah, four? Well, I'd like I'd like to see that. Imagine getting signed by you know the batsman. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, Lee, mate, good innovation. A three votes for me. Right, I'm going to do my domestic three votes. Oh yeah, one vote. Ashton Turner. Okay, yeah. he didn't score the most runs, but I reckon he played four match-winning innings. 52 not out, 45-70, 50 not out, a strike rate of 183. Once he gets his shoulder mm. right, he's just got Australian potential in all three forms. And we get to interview him. Very impressive young man. How old? Um, I'm 47. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's 25. You look, he's gonna be <laughs> you look great. <laughs> you look great. <laughs> two, two votes, you'll like this one. Alex Carey, 425. Yes. He had a big summer last summer. He didn't, you know, that Australia A tour didn't go. Could he back it up? He's backed it up, big yeah. boy. Strike rate of 143. Kept really well. And three votes. I think you'll be happy with this. Darcy Short. Yeah. Yeah. That 122 not out, a record. 504 runs. T20 Australian selection. Bowls well, fields well. Is that is that BBL season for him the most dominant? Season by an individual so far in the BBL. It'd have to be. It's the most runs, and it's the the way that he's done it. Um, even his traditional shots, he reminds me a lot of Dave Warner. I, yeah. I'd like to – he bats in the middle order for Western Australia and bowls a lot of his Chinamans. Maybe it's time to see if we can get him up the order because yeah. it's those type of players that excite. Absolutely. Everyone. Okay, my three imports. I'll give one vote to – doesn't have the greatest stats, but his impact, Mohammed Nabi. From Afghanistan, I thought He's he was got a, sensational. A good name too, and a, and a and a, a match winning name. <laughs> Economy rate of five point seven seven when he bowled in the power plays. Handy runs against the stars. You know, hey, how long us. until Afghanistan are making a little impact on the world Test scene? Because uh, middle of next year they play India in their first Test. Yeah, right. Because their under nineteen team got to the semi. Yeah, I, I, imagine if they played T Twenty cricket. Against us next summer in three games. You put Rashid Khan, who I'll mention in a minute, yeah. Mo Nabi. Who's the Who's the keeper that I fell in love with during yeah, the T Twenty World too. Cup? I'm not sure of his name. He was he... so two votes. Jofra Archer. Yeah, yeah. Fifteen yeah. wickets. His skill sets amazing. Uh, mm. Loved it. Be interesting. The West Indies are now trying to get him back, but it sounds like he wants to qualify for England. Yeah. And three votes, Rashid Khan. Yeah. Seventeen wickets. Uh, innovative batting when he got the chance there. But um, I, I don't remember an import coming in and, and dominating like Khan and, and Jofra Archer have. He has. He's done it beautifully. He's done it beautifully. Okay, you've done the new rule. Last one. What about the IPL? What about the cash? Stokes, <laughs> 2.4 million. Hey, what did, how did the, did the players 
do they sit around and watch this? Like, you know, we see vision of footballers watching the AFL draft. Is that how the players watch? Yep. This auction happen. We had to uh, even on Channel Ten. We were feeding it down to the uh, you know um, boundary line to Ross Kelly and that how much they were yeah. going for <laughs> because they, they even though they say they don't <laughs> concentrate on it, they know it. And then yeah, Darcy yeah. Short got out for a duck to uh, Ben Dunk, the part time, but he still went for uh, eight hundred thousand. <clears throat> Lynn, one point eight. They are by. Oh, well, Darcy Short's had a good season. But well, that, that is totally influenced. The, the ones that I reckon... Would the are, duck have influenced that? His duck have influenced that? No, nah, it was already gone. So there's gone. about three or four Australian coaches, you know, Moody, Ponting, Hodge. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. That, that's got to help. Um, I think the big bash obviously helped Joffre Archer. Because, yeah. you know, Tom Curran, the Englishman that got Pfeiffer, he, he was at the Hurricanes, but when he got picked for England... They had to find someone. They found Joffa Archer. And as good as Tom Curran's going, he couldn't have influenced this big bash like Archer. Yeah, yeah. So no doubt his price has gone up there. Smith and Warner re- retained for $2.4 million. That is a mile away from... You know what I've got for my first game for, for, for Victoria? <laughs> one-day game. Well, so this is... So your first, 89. your first big V was one-day, huh? Yep. 1988, 89. 88, 89. Guess how much you, I got for a one-day game. What are you, 19 at the time? 18. Yeah, 18 years old. Big mullet. <laughs> you probably... What'd you get? Live in the but, drink. Just nicked out Digger Hildage. Let's Andrew say Hildage. I'm going to be generous and say you got 500 bucks. Okay, $500. So after the game, we've won. So I think we're progressing to the semi-final. I oh, see so you did get 500 no, I've oh, okay. finished oh, the story. Right. Ken yeah. Jacobs, lovely Kenny Jacobs, our CEO, gave me an envelope and said, Damien, well done. We've already taken the tax out. <laughs> Slip open the uh, envelope. Yes. Take out the note. <laughs> the note. Which was $50. So we got, we got $75 a game. $50 note. And at that stage, the, the depot, it might have been called Benson's then. Yeah. So I thought, you beauty, you know, a schnitzel, chicken schnitzel, a couple of beers. I'll have change. I'll have change. Yes. $50 a game, tax taken out. How far away is that from the $2.4 million that these boys are getting? It's, uh, it's Do not, they appreciate it? It's not bad, do they? How I many re- schnitzels because they I, get for $2.4 million at, I, the, I, at I the precinct? I suspect they appreciate it. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it is crazy money. Davey Warner. So what? he's getting 2.4 there. He was retained. They didn't want to take the chance. He captains too at, at the Sunrises. Hyderabad, Tom Moody's the captain. I see Stokes got 2.4. Yeah. Regulation <laughs> there, wasn't it? He's uh, running security as well, is he? For who did, uh, who did Stokes Well, the, the thing fight? is that might be 20%. 20% security from Stokesy. <laughs> be provided. It could indeed. Hey, tell me this. The uh, we got So much money in T20 these mm. days. Glenn Maxwell, is he just going to hit the road on the T20 tour now? Because he's not getting picked for Australia. They're off him for whatever reason. And I, saw, I heard an interview with Trevor Holmes saying, uh, no, we, we want players. He was asked this question. Are you worried about him chasing the T20 money? And he said, oh, we want players who are committed to Australia. And I thought, well, mate, he is committed. He's just not getting picked. So what do you expect him to do? It's a it's a hard one because, you know, Maxi does want to wear the baggy green, but he did mm. just slip out in an interview a couple of days ago going, you know, I, I, you know, I need to look at my options. If, yeah. if I meet with the Australian selectors and they say, listen, you're not a chance to play test match cricket, well, well you've got options these days and you'll make more money doing it. Mm. But we do not want to see players prematurely retiring. 
no. from four-day cricket, test match cricket, to chase the money. Now, sometimes you get a, like a Sean Tate whose body wouldn't just didn't hold up yeah, to four- yeah. or five-day cricket. He makes that call. But Maxie's only 29. But I totally agree. They've got to give him some incentive too. Like, I think he's in career-best form in mm. Red Bull cricket and White Bull cricket. And he's only just got back into the one-day team. But I thought that's... You know, when Steve Smith was in the press conference and said, oh, he needs to work a bit harder on the training, I thought... That was bang out of order, I thought. It wasn't great. Only, but even if, if Smith, even had, if if Smith the... had told Maxwell, though, if he'd already told him, then you go public, I can live with it. Mm. If he hadn't spoken to Maxwell about his work ethic or the way he trained, and you say it publicly, that's a no-go zone. No. You don't go there. No. So well, I, I'm, I'm assuming there was some communication. And, and they caught up for a coffee later on, which uh, nothing could be we, <laughs> come out of that. But I, I believe during that coffee, Glenn Maxwell fell asleep halfway through the conversation. <laughs> That's Steve Smith's hidden skill. If anyone's got insomnia, watch the Steve Smith press conference. So what's his nickname now? Like your, well, one of your favourite obscure players? Well, I mentioned Peter Sleep earlier, whose nickname was Sounder. I think we should pass that nickname on to Steve Smith. Jeez, you're harsh. <laughs> Steve Sounder, <laughs> Sounder Sleep Smith. <laughs> hey, Limo, you know, in the T20s work for um, cricket and every other sport's trying to do yeah. you know, quicker stuff. And we see it with netball and golf and footy's got AFL X. What about comedians? Do they have a T20 <laughs> a, a format? A T20. Could they get a, fee, a T20 format? I once, as a, as a uh, to see how it would work, used to go on stage and say, look, I'm in a real hurry. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you all my setups. And then if I've got time, I'll get through as many punchlines as I can. <laughs> so I would go do, a, do 20 joke setups and then run through the punchlines. So people are trying to remember that. So how did it go? In how did it go? I was a bit weird. <laughs> Interesting concept. It's a bit weird. I guess the... Uh, the the Melbourne Comedy Festival Gala, they have about 30 acts who do three minutes oh, each. Oh, jeez. So that's probably... They're punching that out. That is T20. That of T20. So what about, on a serious note, what about the preparation for that, knowing that you've only got three minutes as opposed to a 45-minute yeah, hour? Yeah, so you're not, you're not telling stories there. You're just banging out. one line. You want to get as many jokes as you can okay. in the three minutes. So you're doing all your shortest, funniest gear. So... Storytellers don't go on there then. No. No. Because they do what you did that previous thing where they only get halfway through the setup and that's enough time. <laughs> they go, that's it, ah, I'm done. Ah, ah. Trust me, guys. <laughs> when I say the rest of this is amazing. You'll have to come to my show. <laughs> to my show to hear. So that could work. Do a heap of setups <laughs> to, to, in your pun- three minutes. The punchlines will be at the town hall this weekend. <laughs> in my comedy festival show. Hey, talk about um, punchlines and one-liners. I like this. Announced two days ago by Cricket Australia mm. is the World Cup 2020 is in 2020. <laughs> I like it. In Australia. I, I love it. The World Cup 2020 is in the year 2020 in Australia. <laughs> and what I like about it is... Um, it's in Adelaide, Brisbane, Canberra, Geelong, Hobart, Melbourne, Perth, and Sydney. Mm. But there's a women's tournament as a standalone in February to March, and they want the final in March on International Women's Day. I love it. How good is it's that? Massive. And then later on in the year, in October, November period, um, it'll be the men's 2020 in the year 2020. And they're already suggesting that this women's uh, crowd could be the crowd that attends that final. 
could be the biggest crowd to ever attend a women's sporting event Ooh, yeah. globally. Okay. Well, we want to smash that. What's uh, the, what's now the, the record? Current, uh, the current uh, record in Australia is a game of women's cricket uh, that was played at the Adelaide Oval in, I think, 1929. And the crowd was 41,000 mm. at Adelaide Oval. Now, I'm not sure... That's good research. I can't recall you. who was playing who, but it was a game at Adelaide over 1929. Yeah, um, no scores. Was there any controversy? Or <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, I'll, do you want me to just uh, ad lib a little bit while you Google <laughs> well, just, that one there? Just while I start googling. Uh, so, there we go. Oh, I put in 1029. No. Okay, we'll move on from there. No, but that that'll be sensational for the for, on International Women's Day. Let's hope they can get eighty, ninety thousand and break that record. Limo, can you concentrate now because mm. it is time for our guide two. And first up, we've got your guide to yeah, the Adelaide Oval Hill. It's one of the few hills left in cricket. Yes. Uh, it is a glorious, glorious hill. I can't tell you how relieved I was when I heard, I saw the plans for the uh, stadium rebuild and they were protecting the hill, keeping the old scoreboard. So was the hill, is the hill heritage listed or is it just the scoreboard and the fig trees and as a consequence, the hill stays in? Uh, possibly. I'm not sure of the technicalities around that. I mean, the scoreboard is absolutely heritage listed and they can't cut that fig tree down. No. Nope. Uh, so perhaps you're right. Perhaps yep. the um, the well, what about the guide? You used to live there. This was your yeah, home. Well, home well, away from home. Well, there are a lot. When my dad first took me there in 1979, <laughs> we sat on the hill. This is before it got a bit willing, though. You know, this was it was more family friendly yeah. back then. But over the years, it became more of a more of a young dude type. Not hangout. too far from the bar. Yeah. It yep. was, so uh, here are my tips uh, for the hill. Bang. There's two things you get a lot of on the hill. One's good, one's not so good. Sun and beer. So you want to sit out of the sun and near the beer. So my tip is to get there early and yes. you want to get a spot in the shade. Yes. Because as an 18-year-old... Get, yeah, oh, what happened? Well, I'd, I'd, 18, 19, I'd sit there with my shirt off for a whole, uh, for a whole day in 35-degree heat and just drinking. And then we'd go out afterwards. I sit in the sun these days for 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm ready to collapse. And there wouldn't be slip slop slapping back then, I wouldn't oh. have thought. No, this was, this was back in the day when you'd get deliberately burnt three times at the start of summer to build up a base. <laughs> we're all there, though. Really? We all did that. Why did we do that? Because oh, we're idiots. Was it coconut oil, too? <laughs> yeah, so that's basically yeah. like um, oil on a barbecue. You're wasn't basting it? yourself <laughs> before you go out in the sun. Uh, so get in the shade, but get near the bar because the queues for the bar there under the scoreboard are outrageous. Um, now, a lot of people walk past the concourse there, right? And over the years, I've been there while uh, people have yelled at all sorts of horrible things to people walking past the concourse. I say, befriend, yes. befriend, don't offend. Okay. Right? So be nice to the people walking past. Often, That's a good slogan. Befriend, don't offend. 
That's my tip That's a for slogan. Yeah, it's yeah. a slogan. I like it. Put it on a t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, because people, blokes would get drunk and think it's funny to yell whatever to yeah. whoever's walking past. Not appropriate. Not appropriate. No. Don't do that. Have some good jokes in your skyrocket, ready to go. Um, what sort of stuff? Uh, sledging the opposition players? Sledging opposition players yeah. is good. Sledging your own players, if it's funny enough, yeah. uh, is good. If the Barmy Army's there, of yeah. course you want to sledge the Barmy Army. The greatest joke... I've ever seen on the hill at Adelaide Oval was a very good friend of mine, uh, Charlie Hill Smith. It was David Boone's last <laughs> game of cricket uh, at Adelaide Oval. It was a one-day game, I think. And so my mate, for Booney's farewell appearance at the Adelaide Oval, took a big banner, <laughs> and he got there early. He put it up on the hill, and the banner read, We will never forget you, Darren Boone. <laughs> well, the, the people on the hill... Didn't quite understand. Did they slow do what your slogan said? No, <laughs> they did not befriend. No, there was <laughs> so he had guys. People were throwing cups at him. Blokes were trying to wrestle the banner off him and tear it in half. And how did he go? Dude, was he resolute? Was he just? <laughs> no, he was resolute. Yeah, so, guys, it's a joke. <laughs> it's David, you idiot. <laughs> uh, so they're my tips for the hill at Adelaide Oval. I like it. Also, you know what else we've got here? We got our guide overnight. It's been it's gone viral on Twitter. Actually, can I give you one more tip? Oh yeah, yeah. Because this is really annoying for scoreboard staff. Don't throw tennis balls in the little gaps of the old scoreboard. There, you know how they have the little bits of the scoreboard no, open. That's not that smart. Used, that used to be a bit of a game where people are trying to lob tennis balls. Into the gaps in the school, but there's people working in yes, there. Yes, it's their work environment. Don't I think, throw I think, tennis balls. I think they in get there. paid in slabs. <laughs> okay, next up, our guide to subtle match fixing, and it's going everywhere on social media at the moment. The ICC anti-corruption unit. Big surprises. They're investigating a match between the Ajmal All Stars League recently in the UAE, mm. and we're just watching some. Yeah. And the commentary is quite outstanding, isn't it? But I, Okay, there's a number of ways you can... What, 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 what is there? I mean, there is some runouts and stumpings. Yeah. Is there just one incident, Lemo? Is there anything <laughs> that stands out to you? Yeah, okay. There's a, there's a runout that stands out, Flynn, because if you're... Let's have a look at this. Okay, if you're match-fixing on a run... Okay, so there's two blokes here. What they've done is they clearly want to get run out. They've both got to the middle of the pitch for the runout, and it looks like they could still make it. So they look at each other and go, oh, what are we going to do? And then they start running in opposite directions. And then they realize, no, we've got to run in the same direction. So they run back to run in the same direction. It's like they mixed up their mix-up. <laughs> it's almost like who's supposed to get run out here? <laughs> We're not sure. So subtle match fixing is be clear before each ball who has to get out. <laughs> who's getting run out. And also, don't just lean on your front foot and pop one to short cover and then amble through for a single. <laughs> Because there's not a run there. And also... Just, do you reckon it's, there's some alarm bells that might show? Yeah. Uh, if you're going to get stumped yeah. in match fixing, I don't know, have a shot. <laughs> there's a spin of bowling. And the bloke's just let... He's danced three metres down the pitch and just let Didn't it go. Didn't play a shot. <laughs> Didn't even play so a shot. So what you're suggesting is don't run down and leave. Yeah. But and what I'm loving is that the right arm off spinner... He's going off. He's oblivious to it, oh, yeah. isn't he? He thinks he's nailing them. Well, there's one particular stumping where the batsman completely... He has a shot, completely misses the ball, but makes no effort to get back into his ground. On that one there, he misses the ball and looks at his back as opposed to trying <laughs> to get, get back. back. 
So it was, you know, when the uh, who was the young Pakistani fella that no balled by about six feet in England that oh, time? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, Muhammad Amir and um, oh, what was it? Asif? I, I think yeah, I think Asif. a bit of subtlety. Yeah, is important. So match fixing. Yeah, I, I'd say. To be subtle, um, I'd say they might be in a little bit of trouble, mm. these boys. But that's our guy to ma- uh, subtle match fixing. <laughs> um, hey, what about this one? I've given you the job. This is normally Hodge's oh. yes. job. Um, everywhere, since we started this, yep. celebs are scared everywhere. There's been a decrease of self-promotion by 80% because they know <laughs> if they self-promote on so- social media, Bradley Hodge will get him. But this week, it's Limo's. Social Media Self-Promoter Award. Have you got some votes, please? Uh, oh, sorry, some nominations. I'll do the votes. You know what, Flem? I've done no homework at all. But, no homework. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go on Instagram, and I'm just going to search Dave Hughes. What are you trying to say? Uh, that, but he had a, his show debuted last night. Uh, where's Hughesy? Hey, show. Uh, Hughesy, we have a problem. Yeah, that did debut last night. Let's see if he's given it any promotion. Uh, let's go over. This is... Oh, look at this. is his latest Instagram post. Uh, hey, Perth. I'm loving the fact I'll be at Heath Ledger Theatre Thursday to Saturday this week. Come on down and I'll solve your problems. So he's giving himself two plugs. He's yeah, played that's... his TV show and his live gigs in that. Yeah. So Next up, that, that's live gig and TV gig. And TV show. Next up, he's posted a oh, screenshot geez. of a text message conversation with his mum. Uh, looking forward to watching your new show. I'm sure it will go well. Mum, kiss. And then he says, thanks, mum. Then after that, really enjoyed the show. Great panel too. Very funny. Congratulations, Dave. Is this a private conversation or can well, everyone see it's a private conversation that he's screenshot and then put on Instagram. <laughs> uh, so there he goes. He's giving himself another pump It's going to be hard not to get ma- uh, maximum votes, votes there. Now it's, a pi- now it's a picture of him with his dog and he says... Teddy says thanks for watching and for all the love. Panel and guests were brilliant. I don't that, see that is as far again. as I know. Um, dogs don't talk, right? And here he is again. This is uh, Hughes. We have a problem. Starts after uh, the jungle, so it's really just so they're very subtle. A bit like the um, the, uh, the the domestic teams in Dubai. Um, I've got one <laughs> from from my mate. Um, yes who's going into the jungle, Bradley Hodge. It's his segment, but he tweeted out, just completed a final training session before we head into Adelaide. Could be time to turn back the clock and get me up the order at Renegades against my old club at Strikers. Time to turn it on for some old fans. So he sent this out there, but guess what? From his hospital bed. (laughs) From his hospital bed. So it's a sort of self-promotion. That's that's a self-promotion. You know you're not going to be there. Uh who else have we got here? While you're looking, I've got one for Nick Del Santo. Oh, yeah. What have you got for Nick Aussie Del Rules Santo? Football. Taking a, a selfie, um, playing golf. He goes, oh. all having a great time this long we- uh, long weekend at Bamboogle, Jones. Oh. Bing. Here we Hashtag go. Hashtag golf. And also puts in at Cobra Golf. Oh, Freebies. here we go. Here we go. Well, speaking of golf, I'm just going to get Jack Gunston up. Because I know... This could be a first nomination for Jack. Uh, This is his first post that I get. Uh, Thank you, Emirates, for the tickets to witness the GOAT. Hashtag Emirates return. Oh, yeah. Okay. So So that's just... They're they're just safe ones. You know, they're not big votes, but 
He'll get there. And then his very next post, another polo in the books with Team Jagged. Okay, see, so he, his votes are starting. He's starting to get into Husey territory okay. here. Uh, then his next post, uh, it's him and some friends playing tennis, and it says, game set, see you in 2018 at Hotel Sorrento. Um, he might actually get maximum votes here, Jack. Oh, I tell you what, he's not doing bad. Oh, it's this one. What a beast. Made the drive very enjoyable to Bundalong last weekend. Audi Zagami. Oh. At Audi Zagami. Is that all Jack? <laughs> yes. All right. Now, I've got to do my votes here, Lemo. Okay. So the easy ones are, I reckon Hodgie just a little one vote on that occasion. I reckon yep. just a little subtle self-promotion yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and sort of, and he tricked people. People thought, oh, he's going to bat up the order and all that and he's always been injured. So I'll give him um, just the one vote. Two to um, Nicky Dell. Sneaky little at yeah. Bamboo. I reckon it could have been a freebie. Cobra Golf, definite I, freebie. He's got a freebie. Yeah. Three votes. I'm going to give Husey three votes. Uh, even though there was nominations for live gigs, TV gigs, using his mum and dog. Oh, and uh, I got to for say, his TV show. His wife did a post as well herself. And his wife. Him. Yeah. So I'll give him, I'm going to give him four votes. We're not even giving a, a three voter. <laughs> but five for Jack because how many. <laughs> How many sponsors did he plug there? There's, oh, there's Emirates, there's Polo, there's Sorrento Hotel, there's Audi Cars. Um, I feel as though he doesn't... Is, is there anyone that he's left out? I feel as though he doesn't post unless he's given someone a bump up. <laughs> so that's the, the Social Media self Promoter Award. Well done to Husey and, and uh, Jack Gunston. First votes to them. Hey, Lemo, thanks a lot for, for joining us here. Hey, hey, how's the book going, by the way? Hey, the book's going well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to, as far as I know, uh, I think uh, people are reading it. Hey, good reviews? Any good bad reviews? Uh, good reviews. Uh, what have I had so far? Mick Malloy uh, told me that it's a great book for the toilet. Now, <laughs> Which is now Mick assures me that's a compliment because he spends a lot of time on the toot. So he says that's good. What I the thing I love is people saying to me, oh, "I've read my chapter." So people just buy the book and look for references do you to have, themselves. Um, down the, do you I have all the index. names at the back? No. Yeah. Oh, yes. I've got to read the book. The very last paragraph at the back of my book is an apology to all my comedy, <laughs> TV and radio friends for not <laughs> having an index. <laughs> so they can't look themselves up. But you know. <laughs> but I know. Because you do it and I do it as well. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. do it. We all do it. Uh, Mum said there's too much swearing Yeah. in the book. Yeah, that worries uh, me. And Lawrence Moody said he's slowly getting through it as he reads chapters at airports. He refuses to buy it. <laughs> so every time he gets to an airport, he'll read a page or two. Oh, he's funny. Well, he would be flying a little bit too. He's doing a very good um, impersonation of our oh, PM, isn't he? PM. That's, that's a must. He could. I'll tell you what, if the PM goes down with appendicitis, uh, we could see Lawrence Mooney. Hey, our poll question. Parliament. What about our poll question? Um, would the English one-day team beat the English test team in a test series? And the results are... Jeez, we've got a fair few votes too. Mm. 1,530. Wow. Boom. And uh, the least one was no, with 20%. <laughs> Not a great endorsement. The winner the is England would still lose 40%. <laughs> but it was close. Um, 39% said yes. If I could break that down to English fans, I reckon, um, and we do have a lot of English uh, people that listen to this, yep. I reckon they would back their one-day team over I'll, their test team. It's more dynamic. I genuinely would. 
I'd, if they're World Cups in England next year, I'd put James Anderson in because in English conditions he'll be swinging the ball around. Yeah. But that'd be just about it from their test team. Yeah. Um, also, um, mate, we've been getting thousands and thousands of listeners. It's been growing this podcast, but I just want to still shout out to the 41 people in Japan. who You've got 41 Japanese listeners. Yes. Fantastic. Yes, last week. Um, I would like to, and, uh, and then I started to find, uh, follow the Japanese Cricket Club on Twitter, yeah. and I'd like to give you an update of the finals, but they tweet in Japanese, so I don't know what's going on. But big news, and I know you're all over this, big news in Japanese cricket is yeah. that former Japanese professional baseballer Shogo Kimura is swapping to cricket. I had a feeling he might. I just had a feeling. I was. I was what, 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 what I felt it? as though. I, was he starting to let the ball go a little bit in he, baseball? He put, yeah. put cricket pads on <laughs> when he was up there to bat. He, he looked distracted, and you're right. He was putting cricket pads on. He was going out there with a the grey nickels. Uh, I just and when he started running to first base and then back to but, home plate. Yeah, yeah. That's when I thought. Oh, he's, he's and then calling his own thoughts. <laughs> He'd do it four times <laughs> and just run like that. He's dead 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 so good luck to him. We'll keep you updated with. Uh, I might even get him on. Shogo oh. Kamira. Why not? Please. Let's do that. So make sure you listen, subscribe. Good luck um, to the Big Bash teams, the the women yes. and the men in the semi-finals. We'll be wrapping up all that next week. And uh, Talimo, thank you very much for joining us on the Bowlology uh, Report. Flemmett has been an absolute pleasure. And uh, can I say, uh, on behalf of all of us, the best of luck to Hodgie in the jungle. Yeah, Hodgie in the can jungle. Can he do it? We'll give you an update from there. To take us out, should it be DJ Bravo? But we're in white ball cricket one day series mode. I think it's Michael Bevan. Bevo, take us out, mate. Only know you've been high when you're feeling low. Only hate the road when you're missing home. Only know you love her when you let her go Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.